Amen. Amen. Morning, everybody. Pray nice to see you. Pray for us. To see you. <laughs> We've never done this before, so okay. this could be an interesting morning. I would say if you've got lunch plans, cancel them now. Uh, but uh, there we go. I thought, thinking actually, um, this is a bog off today, you know, buy one, get one free. So hoping after, the, uh, after this morning you feel like you've had a bonus rather than bog off is what you wish we'd done halfway through. So, uh. Okay, so we're going to look at discipleship this morning. And as John says, we're, we're talking about the kingdom. And if you're new to us here at Coastline or you're new to the Vineyard Church, maybe you don't talk about the kingdom very much, but it's something you'll hear a lot here because we're a church that LTK, we love the king. Good, you're awake. I'm glad to see some of you awake. Let's try that. That wasn't very reassuring. We love the king. Fantastic. That's good to hear that. And John last week shared a little bit of the vision that the Lord's laid on his heart for this next season of where we are. And one of the sort of core kind of cornerstones of that was to talk about discipleship and its important role in the kingdom and the building of the kingdom here. That's one thing we're really going to focus on in this next season. And I want to talk, or we want to talk to you a little bit about discipleship because for my dear mate and I, discipleship has been a big thing that the Lord's been teaching us about and talking about. And some of you know we started this discipleship journey, which we're restarting again, my first plug in the morning. Uh, Wednesday the 16th, that's a week this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Sovereign House, sign up now. And, um, but we're going to be doing other things through this next season as well, which you'll hear more about. So we're going to just teach you a little bit about where we're at from a point of view of discipleship. So if you've got a Bible in front of you, uh, when you talk about discipleship and God's Word, there's one obvious place to go to, that's Matthew 28. And look, if you're uh, joining us online, hopefully you've got some Bible resources there, or if you're on the app, I think there's a clever way of reading the Bible. Uh, if you're here in the building, uh, have a look in the seat in front of you. I say this most times, I know, uh, but there might be a spare Bible if you don't have one, and if you genuinely don't have one at home, take that away with our blessing and our encouragement. So we're reading from Matthew 28, and I'm reading from the NIV. And it's sometimes called the Great Commission, this text. Jesus' last words from his last words to his disciples. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. I'll repeat that, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we thank God for his word. So note what Jesus actually says and note what he doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say, <clears throat> Go to all the nations and build churches. Make fantastic churches. Build great big congregations and great big buildings. He doesn't say that. He also doesn't say, don't go to the nations, or go to the, he doesn't say this, go to the nations and do wonderful charitable works. Do great 
wonderful charitable acts. Now, I'm not saying both of those things are wrong, but that's not his focus or his priority for this fledgling group of the church that's being built. He even says, you'll note, don't go to the nations and make Christians. That's not what he says. He says, go to all nations and make disciples. The focus is on the very model that he'd taken this group through for these last three or so years. This ragbag bunch of zealots, of fishermen, of slightly dodgy accountants. And he says, look, replicate all that I've been doing with you. Go and make disciples. I've invested in you. Now it's your chance to go and do the same in all nations. And notice what he says of how to do it. Verse 20 there. He says, first of all, to baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the second thing is to teach them to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. It's a pretty simple formula, right? It's a pretty simple formula. Baptize and teach. Let's unpack that a little bit. Why, why baptism? Why the focus on baptism, Phil? Why does Jesus say, baptize them? Well, at the very center of what we do as the people of God, as the church of God, is to bring transfer, transformation to people's lives. That's the gospel message. A, a change of life, a change of walk, of heading in one direction and turning around and going in the opposite direction. That's what repentance about the gospel is all about. And baptism is the very symbol of that. It's a, it's a chance to say, I was heading in this way and I met Jesus and my life was transformed and I went in the opposite direction. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel right there. But the second part of what he says is, okay, once they've been baptized, once they've come to faith, which is your number one mission, don't leave them there. Now teach them everything I have commanded you. Teach them to obey your notice, everything I have commanded you. So what does that look like? Lance, what does that start to look like? Okay, Morning. So I've got a scripture. There we go. Let's, let's, uh, let's look at this together. So when Jesus finished eating, Jesus said, oh, hold on a minute. That's not my scripture. What's the next scripture? <laughs> go back a bit. That's your one. That's my scripture. That's your one. I was getting over Phil preaching in a hoodie. I preached in a hoodie last time Did I preached. You? That's twice now. I'm not sure if your friends at Waitrose are <laughs> yeah, being for us. <laughs> Don't tell them. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope this is not being recorded. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Shall I sit down? Okay, let's try that again. So as you go, <laughs> preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen. And this, I, I'm convinced this is as much for the church today as it was for the church in Jesus' day. I think we read this scripture. This, this is now when he sends his disciples out. We are disciples or in the process, hopefully, of being discipled. Uh, like Phil said, we're in the process of doing as much as we can do to disciple people to do this stuff. 
I mean, there's a lot of things we get busy with in life, but I, I'm convicted that as a follower of Jesus, as we go out, we should be doing these things. If a plumber goes out and does his work, he fixes leaks. If an electrician goes out and does electrician stuff, he, what does he do? He makes lights come on. At least hope so. And us should be raising the sick, healing the sick, rather, <laughs> raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, freely of your seed, freely give. I had, I had a crazy morning. Just something annoying to share this, but I'll share it because it, it, it's apt. I went to the gym early this morning just to give my head half an hour. And I was in the weights room, and um, I was doing some, some bench, and I noticed these two guys walked in behind me. I mean, the guy was... He was like a giant. I mean, he, he made me look skinny. Um, he must have been about seven foot tall. He was massive. Anyway, covered in tattoos. And he was with his mate. And his mate was also um, quite a big chap. Um, also made me look skinny. Covered in tattoos. They looked quite formidable. And um, I was just on the bench. And I was just going to head down to the, uh, the steam room and things. I felt the Lord said to me, when you're down there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create an opportunity for you to share the gospel with them. Or, or to share what I want to share. So, I'm, so I looked at these two guys walk off. And um, anyway, I went down and I, and I just quickly, I only had, because I don't want to be late for church, obviously it wouldn't be good this morning. So I, um, I headed there and uh, I thought they were going to be in the steam room, but they weren't in the steam room. And um, I thought, oh, I've missed it. So I went to, I went to leave. And I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, they're in the hot tub. <laughs> now, that's a little bit awkward. <laughs> Talking to uh, two pretty fearful, fear, fearless looking guys, half naked in a hot tub. But I, um, so I went to the hot tub. And it's, John will know, but John and I use the same gym. It's quite a small hot tub. And when there's two guys in there, it's usually, you know, so I said, hey, can, can I squeeze in? So we're all... <laughs> So we're all, this is, honestly, this is a couple of hours ago, so we're all sat there, and they're looking at me like, really, could you not have waited? And I'm, I'm sat in the hot tub, and I'm like, what, what do you do now, you know? And, uh, but I know God said to me, just go, and, just go and speak to these guys. So I noticed one of the guys had a, a crucifix, he had skulls and all kinds of things, and he had a, a crucifix on his arm. I said to him, oh, I said, oh, are you a spiritual guy? He looked, they looked around and went, No. I'm like, okay, that's, that's good. It's awkward. <laughs> I said, so you're not a Christian then? They went, no. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're squirming. And I'm like, okay. I said, you know what? I said, can I freak you guys out a bit? They're like, if you have to. I said, uh, I mean, make it as awkward as you could, you know what I mean? I said, I just really feel that, that God told me to come speak to you. And the one guy looked at me like, I mean, he's big, right? And, he, and I said, and I just felt that the Lord, I said, and I'm sorry if I'm freaking you guys out, but I really just felt the Lord wanted to tell you that he's got great plans ahead of you. And as I said it, the Holy Spirit just, just, just arrived, as badly as it sounds, in the hot tub with us, right? And hey, can I just ask, did the bubble start or stop at this stage? <laughs> it's not your turn yet. <laughs> yeah. okay. You just think about your wardrobe. And yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so anyway, so the guy looks up at me and he teared up, this guy. And he says, don't we have to worry about what we've done in the past? 
And I'm like, my head is just, oh my gosh, get yourself together. And I said, no. I said, God's got great plans ahead of you. You don't have to worry about your past anymore. And then he says to me, we actually just died AA because we've just been, we're just crazy guys and we've been, and we've had to stop drinking because when we drink, it's messy. I said, no, well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. And I said, well, I'm going to leave you with it. I said, because I'm late and I'm doing a bit of preaching this morning. And they're like, this is amazing. Then they want to give me a handshake and they're like, I'm like, okay, we're kind of naked, so let's have <laughs> a high five. So, and I left those guys, you know. And I'm just reminded of the scripture Oh, Which man. says, you know, oh, when we man. go out, when we go out, we always think, oh, okay, now we've, we've made a little program and we're, we're going to head out into the community. But when we go out on our day-to-day, we can do, can we just stick that back up? We can do one of those things. We don't have to think, we're going to have to nail them all. We can, we can as the kingdom is just preach saying, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. That's what I said to the guys. I just said, God's got a plan for you. That's it. They totally, they totally mess with their heads. And I got out of the hot tub and I went into the changing room. I, honestly, I don't know what God was doing this morning. I don't know if he's just helping me with some material for my message, right? And there's a, a businessman in there who I know well. owns a big company and he's, he's, he's a nice chap, doesn't speak a lot to people. And he goes, oh, morning. I said, morning, how are you doing? He goes, and he wanted to now chat. I said, oh, I can't chat. I'm going to be late. And he goes, oh, are you, are you on duty with the kids or something? And I, was, I don't know why. It just, I just said, no, no, I'm, I'm helping with some of the preaching this morning. And he goes, what? I said, yeah, I'm helping with some of the preaching and he says, um, so what, do you just go and, this is what he said, do you just go and sit in the hot tub for inspiration? I thought, <laughs> that is ironic. <laughs> I said, no, 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 I don't sit in the hot tub, but I'd like to have a bit of time to myself, you know. And he, he, goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, well, I think with, and he starts speaking to me about prayer and meditation, how it should be. And I said, yeah, well, what you've said is pretty cool, because the Bible actually says, we just sang it, which was quite nice, be still, I'm no, no I'm God. He goes, what? I said, no, be, the Bible says, what you just said, but the Bible says, be still unknown God. He said, that's mad. I said, yeah. He said, um, he said that's like faith. I'm like, what is going on this morning? I'm, not, I'm like, I don't have mornings like that for as much as I try. It's great. But, but I just felt with this scripture that we need to be a people who are doing this. I mean, we want to be that people doing this. We want to be doing this. We, I, was, I was just preparing. Just kick me when, I, when it's past my turn. Just punch me. But I, I, um, I, I was to just preparing this scripture and going over it. And Kerry, my wife, walked into the room the other day, and, uh, yesterday. And she said, I was talking about heal the sick and raise the dead. And, and she said, well, what's the point of raising the dead? You know, there she is. Embarrass her. <laughs> I said, well, I was just reading a thing of, have you guys heard of Smith Wigglesworth? So I was re- I don't know if you know this story, but I'll tell it really quick. I'm going to hand over to, to Phil, my friend, because I'll be in trouble otherwise. But Smith Wigglesworth was an evangelist who he died in, I think, uh, 1947. Englishman. Simple guy. He didn't go to school. He was illiterate. He actually helped pull turnips out the field with his granny, and they took him to church, and he had a... a that's not a joke. It's true. And, and, he, and he was pulling turnips, and, and, and he be, anyway, became a plumber... And um, anyway, he, he just became just a straight, normal guy, became this amazing evangelist, and he did all of that. I mean, you can, I, I would really encourage you to look at his material, but talking about raise the dead, because we think it's kind of Jesus calling Lazarus out the tomb. Apparently, Smith was, I think he was 14 or 15 people he raised, he raised from the dead. He went, he was invited to a funeral. And at the funeral, it wasn't, it was someone from his congregation, but he wasn't the pastor doing the, the funeral. 
and he got asked, and he walked into the funeral, and one of the guys relaying this story, which I was just listening to, his friend was there, and they walked in, they said they had these glass French doors, and behind the French doors was the coffin, and the, the bodies laying in, what do you call it, laying in wait, or ready, whatever, I don't know what, he's, what they're doing. Anyway, he's in the coffin there, and Mr. Wigglesworth walks in, says hello to a few of the people, opens the French doors, walks into the bit where everyone's not going, picks the guy, have you heard this? Picks the guy up out of the coffin, puts him on the wall, bang, stands back, a, a funeral, guy's dead. And he says, in Jesus' name, walk. And as he's saying, in Jesus' name, walk, the guy's sliding down the wall, so he picks him up, and he puts him on the wall again, and he says, in Jesus' name, walk. And the guy starts sliding down. The one guy there, who was one of the other pastors, said he just couldn't think, he just trying to think of a way to get out of the building. It was so, the whole, the whole funeral was like, what the, I want to say what the hell at church. He picks the guy up again, right, you can Google this, true story. He picks the guy up again, puts him on the wall, but this time apparently like slammed him. And said, I said, in Jesus' name, wake up. And the guy comes back to life, right? He put, puts his arm around the guy and starts walking. And they open the French door and he walks out with the guy. That's, <laughs> now, in answer to my wife's question, what's the point of that, right? <laughs> I reckon everyone in the room's giving their life to Christ yeah, at that amen. point. Amen. Never mind that. And when that guy walks down the street that afternoon, I mean, that town, surely, is coming to Christ. Anyway, that's... that's Let's go over to you. Is, is that my... Uh, are we tagging now? Good man. Yeah, yeah very I took good. us totally off. I took us totally off as usual. That was good. That's good. So look, we want to talk about <laughs> personal commission, right? Because that's kind of in our heart today. Um, just have a look at me, uh, with me at a story from John's Gospel. Um, John 21, if you want to just go there. And this is the story of Peter being restored by Jesus. You know the scene... Uh, Jesus had um, been taken through the crucifixion. Jesus, Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him, would deny him three times, which he did. And then Jesus raises from the dead and then has this encounter with the disciples. And while they're sitting there eating, uh, it goes like this from verse 15. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Pete was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, we could spend hours on the analytics of the words that Jesus used, the Greek and everything else, and we'll, do, uh, we'll just show you one little bit. And lots of people have, but it's pretty simple stuff. Jesus said, right, okay, Peter, your turn. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, take care of, take care of the flock. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, take care of the flock. In fact, the two words that are used, let's just put that up there. Uh, this word bosco is one of the words that Jesus well, in, used to use in the New Testament uh, script. To feed, to pasture, to fodder, to graze. This is what we're called to do, what Peter was called to do. And then let's have the other word. Uh, to act as a shepherd, to tend, to herd, to govern, 
to take care, to protect. And I think what Jesus was doing with Peter here, and this is why it has relevance now, was saying, Peter, it's your turn. Mm. I've given you my best for three years. I've invested my very best in you. I have poured out my life into you. And you know what? You're ready. You're ready now. Go out. Take the flock. Go on. Take, take the sheep. Pasture. Fodder. Graze. Nourish. Feed. Act as a shepherd. Tend. Herd. Govern. Take care for this beautiful body of people that I've called round me. And I don't know what your view is about shepherds. You know, maybe you think there's only one shepherd. There's the good shepherd. Well, maybe you think, well, actually, let's think about it. There's maybe a few more. There's a couple of shepherds in every church, surely. Somebody who runs the flock or runs the church or whatever. There are a couple of local shepherds. Well, we'll just break all of that. You're all shepherds, okay? Congratulations, you've all got a new job. You're all shepherds, okay? And Jesus is calling every single one of us to take care, to pasture, to feed, to uh, provide for the flock. Mm. As Lance said, the problem is, who are we doing it for? And, and, and I don't want to say this in a hard way, but most of our, and it's interesting, I'm on a green carpet here, most of the time we seem to be grazing on the grass. That's all we're doing, right? right? I like the way you do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, see? I'm just looking down, I think, oh, it's, it's grass-coloured. Um, but that's what we're doing, right? Most of the time, all we're doing is grazing. We're just gorging on another meal. We're just having another fill-up session where Jesus is calling us to be, dis- to be discipling. You know, we're, we're in the business of personal transformation, of taking mm. everyone from one place to another place. That's part of our mission statement that John reminded us last week and Jesus is calling us to pour out ourselves into others and that's mm. what we believe God has laid on our heart for this place at this time mm. that we need to be disciples who are making disciples we never stop being disciples in one sense we never stop learning and grazing and receiving from the shepherd I get that but it's not just that it's also about what are we doing to take care to pasture to herd to look after the flock that Jesus has given into our care and I don't know what that means for you right I don't know why you're heavy about it and I'm not saying you have to do some great mission now maybe God is calling you to do that not, I'm not saying everybody's going to be called to that maybe it's just a thing that Lance said today just being make yourself available just on a, on a little conversation maybe it's saying I'll come to Alpha with somebody, my neighbour or my, uh, my friend or, or something like that. Mm. Maybe it's just get involved in something that we're doing here, just to minister to people. But here's the key thing, guys. We need to be disciples who are making disciples. We need to mm. be pasturing and caring for the flock that God has given us, whatever that mm. looks out to be. So if we all did that, mate, what, mm. would, it, what would the world look like? Mm. I, um, well, I think it's... I think it's um, mind-blowing to me that the kind of the plan of God was he arrives on earth and he starts his ministry by recruiting a bunch of probably teenagers, if we look at where, where they're at and what they were doing, guys to change the face of the earth. And he did it through discipleship. 
So the first thing he did was disciple people. The last thing Jesus said before leaving earth was go and make disciples. I mean, I don't know if it could be much clearer than that. (laughs) This is what I've done. I want you to do it. And just before I leave, by the way, I want you to do it. Do you understand? This is my kind of parting words. Go and make disciples and I'll be with you right to the end. I'm with you. All authority and power has been given to me. Okay, so go in my name and do this stuff. It's not, I don't think it is for a select few. I think we should be all involved with either being discipled, making disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. I don't think a town could be more radically turned upside down for Christ than just one, if one church really got into discipling its people and sending them out.